0: consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on patreon even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy look for a link over at the batmanuniverse.net to offer your support now and now on with the show
1: Bad fans, are you confused by all the bad traits? Hello, bad fans, you're buying stones while gold is near. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners, a podcast you might like. fans we hope we help you on your journey hello bad fans of finding great bad family cheer bad books for beginners bad books for beginners a podcast you might like
2: Hello, and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 218. My name is Jerry.
3: And I'm Chris.
2: And we are your hosts.
3: On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read.
2: Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is Batman, The Black Mirror. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about this book.
3: (laughs) Thank you very much, Jerry. Jerry, did I detect (laughs) a little bit of Here Comes the Sun today?
2: Yes, a little Beatles, a little George Harrison for the day.
3: Ah, very, very nice. And as as the sun is peering (laughs) through my office window, it couldn't be more appropriate.
2: (gasps) Beautiful, beautiful.
3: Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Okay, great. Hello, Batfans. Thank you very much for spending some of your day with us today. My copy of Batman number 188 is getting graded and slabbed, so today we're going to be covering Batman (laughs) The Black Mirror. (laughs) Batman the Black Mirror, not to be confused with an anthology series of the same name, is a 288 page full color soft cover trade paperback that was published in February 2013 and had an original cover price of $16.99 and this appears to have gone through numerous printings and it collects detective comic issue numbers 871 through 877. A hardcover version of this exists that was published in November of 2011 and that was cover priced at $29.99 With the same page count. This material was also collected in a book called Batman Noir The Black Mirror in a slightly larger measurement format that was published in February of 2016. It was cover priced at $34.99, and it included the aforementioned Detective Comics issues plus Detective Comics numbers 878 through 881. And finally, Mm. earlier this year, DC Comics published Absolute Batman, The Black Mirror. Uh, That was a hardcover that collected Detective Comics numbers 871 through number 881 with the cover price of an edition of a whopping $99.99 $99.99 wow. for 324 pages. Yes. And for our podcast, we're going to be covering Detective Comics numbers 871 through 881, which were originally covered dated January 2011 through October 2011. And each individual issue was originally cover priced at a mere $2.99, the exception of issue numbers 871, 872, and 881, which were all $3.99 respectively. If you wish to obtain the material that we're covering today... DC's app has the original trade going for $12.99, and the deluxe edition with the extra four issues for $24.99. A tangible copy of the trade with all 11 issues floated around the $23 mark online. I found most of the online vendors that had the original issues with very, very pretty exorbitant prices, if you could find the copies. Mm. So stay away from that route altogether unless you have the money to spend. For our creative team, I'll go off of online resources and my memory. We have just one writer for all of the issues. It's Scott Snyder. Snyder is a native of New York, New York. After completing high school, uh, Scott Snyder would attend Brown University and in 1998 graduated with a degree in creative writing. He left for Florida soon after and began working at Disney World. Oh yes, but it was as a janitor, and he played various characters. Mm. Most notable being Buzz Lightyear. I probably first encountered his work on the DC Comics uh, Vertigo title American Vampire uh, in 2010, Mm. and he did that with Raphael Albuquerque. It was really good. Snyder's run on Detective Comics uh, ended with the New 52 relaunch of DC's entire line of comics. That's where he moved over to Batman, along with Greg Capullo, Uh, along with uh, Batman. Snyder is also going to be also did work on the New Swamp Thing title with artist uh, Yannick Paquette. Uh, in the Batman uh, New 52, he would just really do these large story arcs like The Night of Owls, uh, Road to World, Death of the Family, uh, story arc Zero Year with Bruce becoming Batman. Uh, Snyder's uh, current credits include Justice League and Batman Last Night on Earth. Now we've got a couple of artists here. One of them is Jock, a.k.a. Mark Simpson. He's a native of Scotland. Jock began his professional career at the British Comics Magazine, uh, 2000 AD, of course, and Mm -hmm. on the series Judge Dredd. He also worked on a title called Lenny Zero, and he also wrote with uh, Andy Diggle. Mm-hmm. Other credits include Green Arrow Year One. That's probably where I first encountered his work over here in the States. And a uh, f- fine, fine work on uh, All-Star Batman uh, that was fairly recent. We also had uh, artist Francisco Francavilla, who Jerry and I are both very, very familiar with. Francavilla is from Italy. He has worked as an interior artist for both uh, Marvel Comics with titles Black Panther, uh, Man Without Fear, Captain America Bucky and Hawkeye, and the DC series that we're covering today, but along with the uh, horror uh, particularly uh, Afterlife with Archie for the Archie Comics Horror line. Oh, now, yeah. over on Amazon.com, this has a rating of no less than 46 stars out of five based on all the various versions of this material out there and over on goodreads.com this has a rating of 4.28 stars out of five based on 20,361 ratings now. and 826 reviews but hold on our podcast no, still has a long way to go with jerry standing by to give his remarkable recap and with that i shall turn it back over to you jerry
2: Oh, thanks, Chris. That was terrific. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends.
4: Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Backroll to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Backroll and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters and modern issues of backroll and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spile, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history and determines whether they are hot or not, Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature Recommendation. I have been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their Backroll Year One work, Brian Q. Miller on his Backroll Run, Dwayne Srasinski and Chrissy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the Backroll Spoiled, the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at the BatmanUniverse.net and iTunes. And follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Batgirl to Oracle. Thank you, and fly on, Bat's lovers. Welcome
2: back. So this book has a few different stories, and they're related, but we'll take them one at a time. So FYI, just keep in mind, today's Batman is Dick Grayson. So here's the story of Batman the Black Mirror. A kid, Dana Redford, is getting changed in the locker room for a pool. He goes into the pool area and another kid picks on him. They go into the water where Dana turns into some kind of monster and brutally attacks the kids. Commissioner Gordon goes to the Batman Inc. crime lab with a toxin they recovered from Dana. Dick Grayson greets him and they analyze the toxin. It's from the same batch that should be in the GCPD evidence locker. Dick, as Batman, goes to the kids' house. It's a palatial mansion where Dana had been raised by the family butler. The butler's about to give some information to Batman when a gunshot blasts through his chest. It's Dana's mother who shot him, and she's going cuckoo bananas. She throws herself out a window to her death. Batman finds a 10 over 6 tag from Mad Hatter. This too should have been in the GCPD evidence locker. Someone has been stealing from the evidence locker and selling the gear. Commissioner Gordon narrows the suspects down to one man. Cullen Buck. Batman goes to visit Buck in the townhouse he shares with another cop, Becca Mulcahy. The house appears to be too fancy for GCPD officers. Buck attacks Batman, but doesn't stand much of a chance. Batman strings him up upside down to interrogate him. Mulcahy attacks too, but is disabled by a handy bad taser. Buck tells Batman that he sends his stolen loot to someone named the dealer who runs an auction called mirror house. Before he can give more information, he dies from a gruesome plant toxin. Oracle made a connection between Mirror House and a man named William Rhodes. She also identifies one Etienne Guberg as the man that runs the auction. Batman visits Rhodes by jumping on top of his car while he's driving it. Dick gets his invitation to a Mirror House auction off him. He uses some Batman ink tech to make his face look like Rhodes. At the auction, all the intent, all the attendees are told to put on gas masks. A toxin is released into the room. Etienne Goberg presents an item to be auctioned off, a bloody crowbar that used to belong to Joker, and maybe the one used to kill Jason Todd. But first, there's an imposter in the room. Batman is in the audience, and Mirror House gave him a useless gas mask. Everyone turns to kill Dick. As Dick feels the hallucinations from the toxin come on, he's able to escape the building with the crowbar. Dick wakes up in bed with Oracle nursing him. He's been asleep for hours, and he had a dream within a dream scare, but he's okay. Gooberg is leaving town today, so even though he isn't fully recovered, Dick heads out to get him. Using a bat pack. Batman breaks into Gooberg's private plane, which is flying out of Gotham. He comes face-to-face with Gooberg, who then injects himself with a serum that turns him into a monster. They fight. Dick knocks the monster out, but is ejected from the plane, which explodes in midair. When they find the wreckage, they don't find any bodies. And that's the end of that story. Next up, skeleton cases and lost boys. Someone broke into the Gotham Zoo and released all the birds. Security video shows a number of people broken to the zoo, one of which was James Gordon Jr., the crazy, crooked son of Commissioner Gordon. Gordon returns home and finds someone has broken into his house. He finds James there, but is interrupted by an eagle attack, and James escapes. Jim goes to a diner to tell Barbara her, her brother is back. She leaves, and James shows up to talk. James says he was at the aviary, but didn't release any birds. He says he's sorry for all the pain he caused. Jim runs down a list of crimes. James says, yeah, sorry about that. After he nearly killed a man for spitting in his laundry, James got some help. He realized that he's a psychopath and he's taking some experimental drugs for his condition. James wants to get a job at Leslie Tompkins Clinic and doesn't want his father to mess it up for him. He gives him the name of the boarding house he's staying at and then leaves the diner. Batman and Red Robin are tracking the birds that were released from the aviary. Some men are loading them into a ship at the shipyard. The two attack the workers and there's much fighting. Dick, still under the effects of the toxin, starts to see freaky stuff. He gets punched into the water and sees a freaky killer fish in the drink. Red Robin pulls him out. They go into the ship and find it's full of endangered animals. Jim Gordon remembers a case from long ago when he was just a lieutenant, the Peter Pan killer, who kidnapped eight kids from their beds and killed them. While he was working the case, he had planned to take his son James on a trip, but his ex-wife called and said that James may have poisoned a bully. The doctors want to run some Arkham-level tests on him. Jim found that all the families that lost kids used the cleaning service owned by an ex-Blackgate inmate, Roy Blount. He remembers arresting Blount and tying him to the disappearance of someone close to the Gordons that James was likely involved with as well. In the present, Batman tells Jim that the ones that released from the birds from the aviary were just some skater punks. James didn't do it. Still, James is a messed up guy. And now next up, Hungry City. A dead, oversized killer whale is found in the lobby of a big Gotham bank. The surveillance equipment had been turned off during the crime. Commissioner Gordon takes the whale to the Batman Inc. lab and Dick checks it out. There's evidence that the whale was fed growth hormones in captivity. Why would someone want to do this and embarrass the bank? The CEO of the bank is Sonia Branch and is the daughter of Anthony Zuko, the gangster that killed Dick's parents. They cut the whale open and a body falls out of it. The bodies of Evelyn Marr, Sonya Branch's assistant, who died in the whale's stomach. Batman visits Sonya's apartment to get info, but the woman there is freaked out and won't talk. Batman leaves, but leaves behind a bug. He overhears Sonya telling someone she will do what they want, just please stop hurting people. Batman traces the call and goes to find one Bixby Rhodes, a man that runs a fancy car dealership. Rhodes also has been smuggling guns in the cars he sells. Batman is at the dealership and is shot at by some gunmen. He escapes into a car crushing machine. Rhodes decides to fire up the crusher with Batman inside, but Batman's able to jam the crusher, which explodes, and he batarangs himself out of there. Batman beats up some minions, and Rhodes escapes on his bionic legs. Batman batarangs him to the ground. Rhodes ran a scam where they sold expensive cars that the cops found contraband in. The car then went up to police auction where they bought the cars themselves at a cheap price. They tried this in Metropolis and Superman warned Rhodes about the plot. But Batman has Rhodes arrested, but there isn't any evidence and he will probably get away. Sonya comes and talks to Batman. She says she was embarrassed by her criminal father. When she started the bank, baddies came to her to launder money. She refused, but some wouldn't take no for an answer. Rhodes and someone called Tiger Shark threatened her. She said that Tiger Shark lived in a boat offshore. Batman goes out to sea. He finds some chemicals on the killer whale that implied that it had been dragged through an old unused gas pipeline. Batman goes underwater and finds the pipeline had been tampered with and is probably how Tiger Shark has been smuggling items in and out of Gotham. Batman is surprised and captured by Tiger Shark and his men. He's tied up and dangled over a killer whale. Tiger Shark is a suited man. He's wearing a suit with cloth over his eyes and the top of his head. He has someone that speaks for him. He kills that mouthpiece to get to whet the appetite of the killer whale. And another man takes his place. Tiger Shark thinks of himself as a pirate from the long lineage of pirates that go back to the sea peoples of the ancient world. Tiger Shark has a cleft tongue and a hieroglyphics tattooed on it. Batman headbutts him and Tiger Shark cuts him down into the water where he almost falls into the mouth of the killer whale. But Batman is able to escape and goes into Tiger Shark's boat and beats up some baddies and tries to capture Tiger Shark himself. But the villain gets away in a boat that was inside his boat. Tiger Shark explodes his big boat and it sinks with Batman inside. Luckily, Dick had juiced up his body with extra oxygen and is able to hold his breath long enough to escape. Batman realizes that Sonya is the one that shut off the security cameras and sent him on a chase to get Rhodes and Tiger Shark. He visits her and accuses her of it. She says, basically, yeah, so what? They killed Evelyn and were trying to force her to launder money, and she does have a point. Also, James Gordon Jr. has a childhood enemy tied up in his basement and he's torturing him, like James Gordon Jr.'s do. He's doing work uh, at Leslie Tompkins Clinic and doing well, so that's a good thing on his side. So the next up is Skeleton Key Story. Jim Gordon goes to Leslie Tompkins Clinic to check up on James. He also steals one of his psych medication pills and brings it to Barbara for analysis. She finds that he's changed the formula to make himself worse rather than better, and he wants to turn people into psychos. One of James's jobs at the clinic is to bring baby formula to homes. What if he's putting the drugs into the baby formula? Jim goes to James's apartment and finds him gone. He does find a box in the closet and opens him, but Harvey Bullock arrives and tells him some bad news. Joker had been wheeled out of prison, Hannibal Lecter style, kind of on a hand truck and tied up with something over his mouth. He let one of the doctors know that he has people following his family. The doctor grabbed Joker, but the clown prince of crime had Joker toxin on his skin, and the doctor turns on the guards and Joker escapes. Inside the box, Gordon had found the bat keychain from a family friend that had been killed years ago, but the killer was never found. They suspected James had something to do with it, and now they know. Jim calls Barbara, not Oracle Barbara, Barbara Sr., her mother, to tell her Joker's on the loose. When they're on the phone, he hears a commotion. He runs over to her hotel room and finds her in the tub, nude and affected by Joker toxin. Oh, no. They take her to the Batman Inc. lab, where Dick helps extract the toxin from her system. He then suits up and heads out to find Joker. He follows this escape route underground into a crypt below the church. He finds Joker and they fight. Joker realizes Dick Bats isn't Bruce Bats, but he'll have to do. He captures Joker but says he wasn't the one that attacked Barbara Sr. They realize it was James. Also, James gets into Oracle's headquarters and attacks Barbara. Batman and Jim Gordon search for the missing Barbara. James has her captive. She tells him that she knew he was a psycho when he heard a bus driver calling him four-eyes. James put knives into Barbara's legs. If she removes them, she'd bleed out. She taunts him, and he pulls out one of the knives. He's able to call Batman... Uh, with one of her communicators and tells him that he knows that Batman and is Dick Grayson. He tells Dick that when he turned himself in to get help, they put him on meds, and he realized it wasn't him that was mentally ill, it was society. Empathy makes people weak, and James doesn't have any. He also saw a newspaper picture of Batman and realized that because he was smiling, it was Dick Grayson, not Bruce Wayne. James returned to Gotham set up Etienne and the mirror house, save Dick when he fell from the mirror house rooftop. And it was all done to confront Dick whose empathy makes him weak. James is going to kill his sister, kill his father and get out of Gotham. While James is taunting get Dick, Bab gets away. He looks for her and she punches him pretty hard. He gets up, catches her and is about to kill her. But Batman arrives and whacks him, knocks him out. Babs asks how he found him and, Uh, Dick says he had put a tracer on James. Lucky. Batman picks up Babs and takes her to where he can cauterize her wounds. She says that James had escaped and he should go after him. Dick says no matter. He's going to have a Gotham moment. (laughs) James makes his way to to a bridge outside Gotham, but Jim Gordon finds him and shoots him in the leg. Then he shoots him in the other leg. James goes to fall off the bridge, but Jim grabs and saves him. Gordon goes to the Batman Inc. lab and says that the baby formula tasted uh, tested inconclusively for toxin. Will all of those babies grow up to be psychos? They don't know. But a close-up panel of a wide-eyed baby in a carriage tells us that Gotham will be cursed for many more years to come. The end. Wow. (laughs) So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for this story after these words from some of our friends.
5: I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren of the Rad Adventures Network.
0: We're a married couple who enjoy great stories of all kinds, including adventures, mysteries, science fiction, and fantasy.
5: Please join us for a variety of podcasts focused on a range of pop culture topics.
0: Trekker Talk is about 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. It's a blend of classic sci-fi adventures and noir mysteries set in a retro future.
5: (laughs) Xenozoic Xenophiles is about the comic Xenozoic Tales by writer and artist Mark Schultz. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs.
0: Warlord Worlds covers the many comics of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and The Legion of Superheroes.
5: Sensational Sluice, where we talk about favorite mystery novels, movies, and TV shows.
0: Fantastic Fantasies, where we share our favorite fantasy films and books.
5: And Amazing Adventures, where we discuss action-packed adventure stories.
0: Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter,
5: and Instagram. Or visit RadAdventuresNetwork.com to find all of our shows and links to our social media pages.
0: That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren.
2: Welcome back. All right, Chris, what'd you think?
3: Well, wow, Jerry, thank you. Applause, applause. You did an awesome job with that uh oh, thank very you. very detailed recap and uh we had a lot of oh, ground to cover and over. I thought you really did a marvelous yeah. job with that.
2: Oh, thank you.
3: Uh Jerry, when this initially came out, I didn't get uh all the love and accolades it received and I I was kind of uh, mm. wondering, you know, what what you know, what's 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 all the hype for this? But, you know, I got to tell you, uh, I liked it a lot better this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh Snyder it's so nice to see him when he's working on shorter stories and then, then it's sort of these uh, big, epic, long uh, arcs that just seem to go on and on and on just to kind of pat a trade, if you will. I thought this was really, really uh, nice to see him working on a little bit of things more concise. Yeah. And we had two very, very talented, but two very, very different artists with Jock yeah. and uh, Frank Avila going here. And, you know, as we're, we sort of have this back and forth with Frank Avila uh, doing some stuff as, as, as a uh, uh, backup pieces – and then he gets some of the more full-on stuff with uh, James Gordon. It was sort of—I sort of had like a dueling banjos theme going in on my head because we have two very, very different artists. They're both doing combos, but the, the styles are just so couldn't be, you know, more more different. But they were both very, very good and very, very unique. Uh, Mm-hmm. I do like Snyder with respect to putting uh, Sonia, the Sonia character in there, with uh, branching that with Zuko. Mm-hmm. I thought Tiger Shark mm-hmm. was a great uh, one-off villain, and I really in particular like the uh, Jims Gordon's piece much, much more than I would have anticipated. Uh, there was a time where I think uh, if I saw somebody with respect to uh, Gordon and, and just this disturbed character, I would find the story in and of itself disturbing. I think I've been able to delineate mm-hmm. and just take a step back and appreciate the character as depicted as it will. Uh, One minor quibble I had was just, uh, and and Stella can from the Backworld Oracle podcast, this is a bugaboo of hers too, when things sort of happen off panel. Uh, Barbara's Mm -hmm. abduction really isn't fully depicted. We don't know exactly how she was taken on one bit. You know, James closes in on her, the next thing we see, you know, he's her captive. I kind of like to know what happened in the middle. Uh, Beyond Mm -hmm. that, it's such a treat to be on this podcast to reread things that I had an initial impression of. But going and being forced to look at it again and looking at it at a different lens and being a little more critical, I kind of dug this a lot more than I I did the first time around. Jerry, we're going to pick this apart as we go along, but what were your initial impressions?
2: Well, I thought the format was a little confusing because the, the Franka Villa story was, was the backup in two of the issues right. and then it became the main story. And so that was a little, you know, I, I, I thought at first, Oh, well, this is just a backup. And then, so I didn't read it at first. And then I was like, Oh, you really have to read it to, to do the later stories. And, you know, I didn't remember that from, from back in when this uh, was new. So, you know, I just absolutely love um, Frank mm-hmm. Avila's art. I mean, I just think he's a fantastic artist. He's one of my favorite artists, of, you know, period. Um, his colors are wonderful. His lines are simple and elegant. But the whole effect, it's like a very oh, noirish, yeah. old school look. Um, you know, so many panels and pages. I could see, oh, I want to get this blown up as a poster. Sure. You know, I mean, I just think he's terrific. Um uh, but the story did seem to wander a little bit, like the freaky thing the freaky thing. <laughs> um <laughs> you know. Um uh, you, every time you think you 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 know what's going on, they change it. But you know, it's it's like people are people you know, what they know, like, you know, um you know, one kind of criticism I have about this is that, you know, here you have this Batman Inc lab and Gordon brings it there and sees Dick and Dick is like the scientist and he's, you know, testing stuff and figuring stuff out. Never occurs to him that Dick might be part of the bat group you know uh he goes to to see his daughter same thing he brings her stuff to test never occurs to him it's like why is his daughter well you know what is this that she's up to right she he goes to her lair right is she is he ever going to run into you know huntress in the elevator you know it's just the separation of identity um, is a little – it was a little rough for me in this issue. So I like this. I think all the stories were really good. I think it did wander a little bit. But I thought it was a solid story with some great Frankovilla art. Yeah. What else did you think about it?
3: Jerry – it, it it was such a unique contrast with the way it's presented you know with 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 artist versus artist and like with respect to that i will say you know mm-hmm. some of the stories i felt were a little weaker but each had its own moment mm-hmm. i did think we did have a good fair amount here if you're a dick and bab shipper that we we did have some meat on this bone we also had some nice bits mm-hmm. with harvey bullock and some supporting yeah. characters uh, I'm trying to think yes. if I, which one I, I kind of dug a little bit less though, you know, skeleton cases and lost boys, I felt were a little bit weaker, but the black mirror stuff, uh, mm-hmm. w- was pretty good. Uh, skeleton key. I'm not sure where I land on it because I think that's somewhere in the middle for me. And I, I, I think mm-hmm. I really dug, um, the, the final, uh, stuff with, uh, well, you know, skeleton key, um, yeah, because we get, we get, we get a little bit more of an illusion with the uh, gym in respect to uh, Barbara there too. So there, there were all some, some moments. You know, it's, it's tough for me to try to you know, pick apart, you know, where, where the, some of the flaws were. I guess, I guess it's, it's how it lands and resonates with me when it, when the dust clears with me on yeah. this, you know, because yeah. overall I think it was a pretty fair body of work. I, I just don't know why people liked it more than I did. The- I'm kind of scratching my head. It's not that there was anything particularly wrong with the story, but I don't think there were like um, instant masterpieces, if you will. I I think, I don't know if it's because of the lens I'm looking at, if it's because of age, if it's it's because I I have uh, looked at so much more mediocrity in Batman when something comes along that is very, very good that Mm. I have to elevate it to the next level. I I think I'm I'm more critical, and uh, that's where I'm Mm -hmm. at. But you know, this had a little bit of everything. So overall, I, 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 I got to say, I, I enjoyed it much, much more than I initially passed at. but I still can't put it in that quote-unquote uh, classic masterpiece category, if you will. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. Jerry, it Was did, did you like anything particularly a little more or a little less as you were going along
2: with this? Yeah, I think for me, um, I could just stare at the art, <laughs> at Frank sure. <Trinko> Avila's art, <laughs> because you know it's almost like you know. So I think that was a real strength. Yeah, I mean, and I know that for myself, I love his work so much that it, it's kind of you know I'm skewing the skewing it a little bit, but you know there were it was just a couple of things, you know. Oh, it's. People have plots within plots, you know, and that sometimes bugs me when they do that, Um, you know, where, you know, James has has been doing this this plot all along. And, you know, if you look back, you'll see the clues and that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I thought it was a li- it went a little too far. Um, this time, you know, because also, um, the bank, the bank, Sonia, the bank woman, you know, she also had plots within plots. So it was a lot of, a lot of sneaky stuff like that. Um, I, I it kind of, and between that and the whole, you know, why doesn't Jim Gordon understand, you know, what is going on with, with Dick and with Barbara, you know, Barbara gets attacked by James. Barbara has all these stun guns and, uh, gas you know, stuff protecting, protecting her. She's a programmer or whatever. What the heck is she got? <laughs> Why does she have all this stuff at her house? <laughs> you know, um, so I think that, you know, that kind of balanced for me the really great art versus these couple of, of things that just bugged me about the story. If you were going to bring this in for a rating and made it a must read or recommend, where would you bring it?
3: Yeah, Jerry, uh, It's, it's gonna be weird for me because I, I'm gonna cheat. I know we only have a few episodes left, but I'm gonna kinda go off on create my own uh, score of a 3.75. You know, this is just, this is just gonna fall short of something along the lines of uh, a masterpiece ground. It's certainly much better, uh, Liked than I when I initially took a pass at this, uh, Jerry. Uh, you know, I do want to say I have to give a shout out to Snyder though. There are some things that he just does touch on. All the voices are in proper pitch here. I do like some of the depth he gives with respect to James Gordon. I like the inclusion of a villain uh, akin to Tiger Shark, which is just so out there, which is, is something yeah. I love about uh, the Batman Rogues. Uh, totally. The art is superior, as you said. Yeah, we could look at Frank Avilo's all day, and uh, I, I like Jock's work as well. Uh, I did yeah. like that. Uh, I do want to. Before I forget, I also mentioned the, the use of the crowbar in the Black Mirror story. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very telling, and kudos to Snyder for uh, using that plot device uh, to drive that yep. through the narrative. And the way it was resolved and where it winds up uh, was was very, very good and well handled yep. here. Yep. If I were to say this is a must-read and recommend, uh, I'm going to give a marginal must-read and a marginal recommend with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is pretty pricey. Uh, this is something you won't find perhaps on the cheap unless you you get it at a perhaps a, a bookstore that deals in uh, used books or maybe at a, a local comic shop that's having a sale. You know, you can mm-hmm. get a good buy with this one. Uh, this is pretty pricey, and if you are going to invest the money, please certainly invest the time to take to read mm-hmm. everything here because I this came out in numerous formats, that some much, much more exorbitantly uh, in price than some of the other means you can get this. Uh, is it worth it? I think you you will get some marvelous artwork and some very, very good uh, storytelling from Snyder that isn't overblown, which I, I kind of gives me pause when I, when I mention Snyder. I think he's overall a great imaginative storyteller, which explores and takes Batman and the characters in, into different places. Uh, I, I think some of the new 52 arcs though were just a little little bit too much for me in my taste here mm-hmm. so this was a refreshing change of pace for me to see Snyder in this format where some stories were shorter and concise so marginal must read and a marginal mu- recommend uh if the, with a caveat of the price point Jerry that's my rating and where I land with a mm-hmm. read and recommends uh how say you what is your rating and would you say this is a must read and would you recommend it
2: well, I wouldn't like you, I wouldn't put it into a classic territory of a 4. Um, you know, in my notes I have this at a 3 um just because I mean the art is the art is classic, I think. Um but the story has enough things to bug me. So I definitely get where you're where you're um bringing it in at 375. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um and again, I think this is a solid story. I think that the um you know, the art is is terrific. I I would, I, I wouldn't say it's a must read, but I would, you know, encourage and recommend people to read this. I think it's a good story. Um, I would definitely encourage people, uh, and myself to maybe look for some of this work as a poster and hang it up on their wall. I would definitely recommend that. So, um, yeah, that's where we come in on this story. I think I, I think we both agree around three, five, three, seven, five. I like what you did. Three, seven, five Sound makes a lot of <laughs> sense to me.
3: I cheated, but yeah. <laughs> I, stick, I stick with my oh, yeah. guns here.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, that's fantastic. So uh, thanks for going through that. So, Chris, you do some amazing work out on these interwebs, uh, particularly on um, Batgirl to Oracle. You do some work there and also on, uh, on the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Uh, you want to tell folks a little bit about that?
3: Well, thanks so much, Jerry. Appreciate the plug. Yeah, I just uh, did a Patreon where I Ian and Steph and I are going to be looking at uh, Von Freeze. So that's for the Patreon listeners. That's so please great. go support the Batman Universe, which gives you a lot of news and features and some bonus content if you're on Patreon. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording it, and I, I hope you will enjoy it. And I. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry, for the plug. I also can be found on the Batgirl to Oracle podcast, hosted by the very, very talented Stella, who just recently had a birthday. Happy birthday, Stella. And she does the Batgirl to Oracle podcast. I have a segment on the show, pardon me, called Chris's Cornucopia of Curiosities that Stella has named. That's where I look at the Batman Adventures comic book that was based on Mm. the 90s. Uh, animated series, and it's a lot of fun. And I also have a segment within a segment called Nightwatch. That's where I look at the current title, Nightwing, and I look at it from a shipper's perspective. Now Gang, check this out. Stella is having her 10th anniversary show coming this December 11th. Mm. And that's on a Wednesday. I think she's going to be recording. She's going to be also taking some calls. And I want to say this is going to start around 8pm Eastern. Stella asked me if I had some free time to join her on the show and I I said, I'm going to make time to uh, get in on this. I mean 10th anniversary, of course. So uh, Uh Back over the Oracle, 10th anniversary show coming up. It's going to be Wednesday, December 11th. I think don't hold me to this. Uh, Fellow Stella at uh, batgirl to oracle on Twitter. And I think we're going to be going at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern is, is when mm-hmm. uh, things will start to commence. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, Jerry, i got to turn this back to you because... Um, mm-hmm. We do also do a podcast, but you also do a segment where you cover E.C. Horror Comics, and I have to tell the listeners, if you're not familiar with the E.C. Horror Comics line, this was a line of comic books that were really highly regarded, that had all of the top comic book talents of the day working on these, and these were classic stories. Jerry, where can the listeners find you on Twitter, and can you tell us about this podcast where you cover these E.C. Horror Comics?
2: Yeah, sure can. So you can find me on Twitter at Professor Frenzy. And I go out there, I tweet my weekly comics. We talk a lot about indie comics, um, dark shadows, uh horror movies. Uh Chris and I both do uh on Saturday night at eight Eastern on the hashtag Svengooley. We we watch some horror movies and tweet about them. Uh last night was um creature from the black lagoon, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and like you mentioned, thank you for mentioning the, the segment for EC Horror Comics. So I do that segment on a podcast, Monster Kid Radio. And we've started releasing that on our own feed, on the Professor Frenzy Show feed. So the Professor Frenzy Show is a podcast that Chris and I have and- – talk about indie comics. Uh, also, kind of spinning off out of that podcast, we're producing Memory Minute Monday, where we talk about nostalgic events from our past, and Frenzy Peace Theater, where we cover a classic indie comic art, and that drops on Sundays. So the EC Horror Comics uh, segment I release separately is called Professor Frenzy's Bedtime Stories, and uh, like you said, this is a classic ET- EC Horror comic, and that drops on Fridays. So folks should check those shows out, see what they like, uh, stick with them, and uh, you can do a search on iTunes for the Professor Frenzy Show.
3: Jerry, on our last episode, we covered Birds of Prey, Death of Oracle, and we got some comments Uh on Twitter. First up, we heard from our good friend at Green Lantern HG, said the following, great episode, guys, and come on, hey, anything by Gil Simone is a must read. And he then continues, I I must be hallucinating. I thought, bet, I thought I heard Bad Books for Beginners is ending no uh-uh no. Nah. no 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 <laughs> oh, thank you Aww. yeah well like all good things i guess we're gonna have to come to an end here at least with this incarnation of bad books for beginners and uh, yeah when the the plan was for the show to have a, a certain ending point and uh, yeah. we we were closing in on it very very fast and uh yeah uh, it's gonna be sad sad to see this door close and yeah. this chapter uh, uh, come to an end but uh it is what it is and uh you know date but uh we'll, we'll we'll still be out there on uh, social media, and uh, we'll have some other yeah. projects involved. And please continue to support uh, the Batman universe oh, and uh, the new format of shows coming out. Uh, forthcoming it's going to be a lot of fun. We also heard from our yeah. friend uh, DC Now at Now underscore Podcast, mm-hmm. and with respect to our episode, he said, "Hey, this sounds like another good one. Thumbs up! Great, great, great." And we also heard from our good friend Ian. Ian, Ian thank you again for asking me to join you yeah. on the uh, Patreon cast where we covered Ron Fries with uh, Steph. Had a lot of fun there. And Ian's on Twitter at IBM Miller, and Ian says with respect to this book that we covered, uh, Birds of Prey, Death of Oracle, I'm really, really torn on this collection. Like you, Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey by Simone is a deep love of mine, but there are so many problems with the Death of Oracle storyline, starting Uh, with the art, which was inconsistent on the whole run, but here it was incredibly bad. Well, Ian, don't hold back. uh, (laughs) Let us know what you really uh, think, but no. Yeah, Yeah, Ian, yeah, 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 you know, it it was so, mm, Ian always... I, I got to commend you for, for you know uh, sticking to your guns again and, and being forthright with your comments there. I think mm-hmm. when I, I, I sort of have something that I don't like, I try to mm, temper it, and I don't know if I, I maybe mislead a listener or that, that, that you know with with, with where, where I land on it. But I, I hope uh, I hope I am blunt and I, I, I do come off uh, forthright with my uh, thoughts and opinions. But yeah, and I'm glad you chimed in with what your take on this was because I know you have a okay. lot of love for the characters as well as the creative uh, talent in particular with the writer. So, yeah, I appreciate you chiming in with that. Now, let's see. We also had a lot of likes and retweets on our past episode. Let's give these fine folks a shout-out here. We heard from Jake and Tom conquer the World at the Drunken Dork. Hey, thanks so much, guys. It's been a while since I've heard from you. So, again, that was Jake and Tom conquer the World at the Drunken Dork. We also heard from our good buddy Dave. And Dave's on a podcast called Selling Out. It's uh, on Twitter at Selling Out Show. It's a podcast about a couple of guys living life at their leisure for your listening pleasure. We can't thank you (laughs) enough. Again, shout-out to Greenland. At NHG. Awesome. Again, shout out to DC Now. It's a DC fan podcast. And you can find them on Twitter at now underscore podcast. And let's see, we also heard from Mr. Toon at ToonStyle. 1981. Nice. Thank you so much. We heard from our good friends at the Tim Drake podcast. Now their Twitter oh, handle yeah. is ELTD podcast. One more time. The Tim Drake podcast. ELTD podcast. That's for Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. Uh, yes, we oh my do. gosh. Hosted over uh, with the Batman universe in conjunction. Thank you very much, gang. And again, yeah. shout out to our good buddy and frequent contributor with comment. Ian, and you can find him on Twitter at IBM Miller. We can't thank you enough. If I overlooked anybody, my sincerest apologies. Please let me know on Twitter at Batbooks or let Jerry know at Professor Frenzy. We'll be sure to mention you on our next show.
2: Thanks, Chris. So that's all we have for today. Please join us next time where Chris and I will cover Batman Incorporated Volume 2. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. <music>
1: Bad fans, are you confused by all the bad traits? Hello bad fans, you're buying stones while gold is near. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners, a podcast you might like. Fans, we hope we help you on your journey. Hello, bad fans of finding great bad family cheer. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners. A podcast you might like.